Hello, and no. welcome to Aussie Crafter Still Shooting the Shit. Um, I'm Luke. Hello. I'm Todd. Uh, we've got Todd, as per usual. Crafty is not here. Um, he's not even replying to my texts, so he's obviously busy as. So we'll carry on without him. Uh, Topher, hi. Yes. Hi. Thank you uh, for having me. No worries. Thank you for joining us. Topher from, of course, Wildflower uh, Brewing and Blending, Wildflower mm -hmm. Beer um, in um, Sydney, in Marrickville, in the, the heart of Brew Central. Yeah, it certainly is. It's definitely become that. Uh, I started working there in um, 2013 in, in Marrickville, and it was the first brewery to uh, call Marrickville home, Batch was. And um, yep. now, I mean, we, Young Henry's had started, of course, um, not too long before, maybe a year or two before, um, up in Newtown. But um, mm. yeah, you really, you really can't go anywhere in America without tripping on some sort of alcohol production anymore. Absolutely, anyone would think that America was home of the drunk, but I think we keep <laughs> the wraps fairly well. <laughs> well, so you're not you're too far. The, so you're one of the first. You're one of the the Marrickville brewery pioneers then i guess i mean I, i've always been around it I, I didn't start batch um it wasn't my brewery but i was the first mm -hmm. employee there um yep. and and uh, worked and developed most of the recipes that they still brew i think i mean i haven't i haven't had my feet in the water there for at least six years so um maybe longer so i don't i'm not sure if the recipes are the same or not, but um, yeah, you know, it was a, it was yeah, exciting right. just to start, okay. to start brewing. I, I, I didn't have a background, I don't have a damn background in brewing or distilling. Like it wasn't what I studied, um, but it's certainly what I got into from a sort of interest in raw materials, I suppose. Um, mm. I just making things from scratch, but um, mm. those days of, of craft beer, you know, if anyone can cast their mind back to 10 years ago of booze, um, you know, it was really that rejection period of beer. You know, it was things were, there was light lager, you know, Aussie draft was was kind of around and, and particularly driven by the U.S. trends of that rejection of, of lager. And and so we went, mm. we went, we went 180, right, and went hard in hops and ABV and adjuncts, which some of that stuff still remains, like high ABV beers are still quite popular in the mm. craft beer world. Um, but there's a lot more, um palatable, enjoyable, everyday drinkers, I would say now, than there were in 2013, uh, from my opinion. <laughs> it's I, I find beer interesting because that that was my lead into spirits, mm. personally. And it's always... The, it seems to me that the evolution of beer has been... is, is very, very rapid. A new thing comes on on the market an idea from the states comes in and then all of a sudden we've got it and mm. that happens within the space of months to to a year or so yeah sours was a big one mm. um obviously the the ipas when they first hit everyone went for the ipa then the hazies came in and all that sort of thing um it's a different world for the world of spirits which is generally where we're um, because we've, we've, we've got such a long lead time <laughs> generally. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the, the distilling world doesn't really 
have an appreciation for how quickly beer moves. I, it works against us as well. And I have, I have a huge amount of respect and admiration for winemakers and distillers because of that consistency, mm. like the, the, the need for um, like continual and iterative growth rather than like generate like epoch changing growth, like every mm. quarter, which happens, you know, some breweries were growing, you know, 20% quarter on quarter Mm. you know like it's not so much happening anymore but like the growth was so expansive and also the ability to you know make more widgets if you will in production let's talk about like or in manufacturing you talk about widgets you can just make more widgets in in beer by more liters and just sell them really really quickly and that Mm -hmm. desire is there for a lot of brewers because you know they see sales going one way and they're like great we can just ramp this up um Mm. but sometimes that doesn't always come with the kind of um kind of internal introspection of whether or not they should be growing or whether mm. the way that they're growing is in keeping with the core values of their product or whether their product's actually the same once it grows, you know, something mm. sometimes needs to change. So, um, you know, it's not, not, not using this as directly as a foray into talking about the product that, that we're talking about, but um, A, like in, in one aspect, the reality that things move quite slowly in distilling is something that makes what we what we've made in this whiskey quite interesting and, and different without me knowing, like, I honestly, this wasn't a intentional thing, but because had I gone about going through this intentionally, we would have done it differently. Um, mm. But the fact that it has gone through the way it has, has actually ended up making the product that it is, but not to, not to foreshadow that too much. Um, but at the same time, um, I've always looked at the distilling industry and I have a lot of friends because of the, because of, the interconnection between mm. raw materials, between beer and, and, and whiskey, for example, but um, uh, whiskey of, of friends in industry and in and, and vineyards for, for that ability to look into the future and stay, keep on their true north, let's say, and mm. not, not like I kind of, I guess, stay focused on, I guess, you know, on their navel a little bit, which also can be myopic. Like you can also not, you can, you put your blinders on a bit too much, but you know, there's there's goods and bads of, of both, but you're exactly yeah. right. Like it's it's a the beer industry really has seen a dramatic amount of shift and growth. And you're mm. right. I mean that that ability to 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 move on a dime and follow a trend um, is mm. there. And and I res- I mean I don't do it with what I do necessarily at Wildflower. Yeah, um, because we, we yeah we we think about things on a bit of a longer term basis. Yeah. But um yeah, it's tempting. Mm. Well, before we go any further, um, mm. we do like to have a bit of a drink while we're talking. Sure. Um, Todd, what's in your glass? Um, well, I've actually just poured what Topher's about pour into his glass, I hope. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is a nice little sample of it. Excellent. Um, generously given. For my pre-game, though, um, I um, I have already had a couple because I've been sitting here working. Um, yeah. uh, After that, I'm probably going to follow it up with the Starwood Stout nice, Cast. Nice. Yeah. So I've been it. I've been working through my Warbs Harbour a bit more because it's okay. just lovely jubbly. Um, so I've already had a couple of them. Um, just just a couple. Um, 
and also a little bit of the Coastal Stone, uh, oh. the the new blended from uh, Manly. Hmm. So is that for yeah. Manly Spirits? Yeah. yeah so that that's the new um, the new blend. Yep. Um, which is it's a forty percent. It's a seven hundred ml bottle for eighty bucks. Wow. Yeah. Which is wow. meant with, with this gorgeous bottle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, Johnny Walker eats yeah. your fucking heart out, really. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long is that been easy on the Very easy. It's only just come out in the last week. Yeah, have have they released whiskeys before? Sorry, yes, forgive my ignorance here. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, yeah, they have. They've yeah. also got. Um, so they have the they have the 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 coastal stone range. Yep. Oh right, yeah, okay. Oh, it's and a whole what, range. Yeah, so right. again, they've got their beautiful bottle, but they're only five hundred yeah. mil bottles. And certainly, something that sets Manly apart is that gorgeous bottle. Yeah, but also, and the bespoke top. Their bespoke sandstone. Stopper, oh wow! Goodness, um, that of, that would cost them an absolute fucking fortune, um, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's quite it's quite cool. So, mm. yeah, Manly have definitely got one of the nicest bottles. Packaging. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their, package, their package, their packaging is definitely on point. So, yeah, really, really nice. It's um, nice to have a marketing department, isn't it? Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marketing department of more than just crafty. So, yeah, we've got your uh, a sample. You were kind enough to send us a little a wee taster so we can, um, yeah, have a crack at it. Yeah. Um, I guess before we get into that, mm-hmm. and as I'm having a, a bit of a nose of it, um, mm-hmm. So wildflower does be differently, yes. To your batch, to your young Henrys, to um, Grifter, to Bolter, to all the other breweries anywhere in the country. Yes. Actually, yeah. Um, you stand on your own because you make. Uh, you're using your own cultured yeast, foraged yeasts. Yep. Yep. fermenting or uh, and aging your beer in these massive barrels. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's open ferment for the beer as well. So, yeah, I'm happy so to give you a quick primer beer. on it. Yeah. Beer and um, what wildflower is. So the main, the main difference and the easiest way to think about it is the difference between a mixed culture and a monoculture. Monoculture beer is akin to monoculture bread, white bread. Yep. Uh, it's a it's a Saccharomyces cerevisiae, the exact same um, organism replicated millions of billions of times, no matter depending on how, how, how big your fermentation is. And by conducting a monoculture fermentation, you get a very predictable and um, like a predictable result, both in flavor and in timeline. So that's your white bread. And this makes sense for production. When you start a batch of bread or a batch of mm. beer, you want to know what it's going to taste like and when you're going to be able to start selling that. Volume, um, scale, time. Yeah. 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 Um, in the beer world, that that um, uh, technology only started to exist at the turn of the 1900. 
and beer is, you know, like like a lot of spirits, it's one of the oldest, like, uh, it's, it's quite an old um, fermented beverage, potentially older mm. than bread itself, but we're talking quite a few thousand years and traces of it in a, well before 3,000 years from now. Um, and uh, beer for the majority of its life has not been a monoculture fermentation and nor has bread. They have been mixed culture fermentations. And by mixed culture fermentation, it means you no longer have a single source of yeast. You now have a diversity of yeasts and bacteria that are fermenting whatever it is. Um, and our beer is mixed culture fermentation. So it's easiest to describe it as a sourdough version of beer. Um, mm -hmm. It's not quite a direct analog because sourdough still is quite predictable. You can, you can, you can kind of manage the culture and have productive, yeah. productive bakeries because even making sourdough. Yeah. Um, yep. What we decided to do at Wildflower was, you know, as you can hear, I'm not as you can hear in my voice. I'm not from Australia originally, and I was always since moving here. I've been struck by the uniqueness of the flora, particularly, mm -hmm. um, um, also the fauna, but. Um, when I got into beer and was brewing, you know, back in the 20, 2012, 2013 at Batch, um, a lot of these styles that we were brewing were American styles that were sort of mm. appropriated to Australia or probably misappropriated is probably more, more, um, <laughs> more accurate. Um, and it never, it, it, yeah, it never, it never struck me as like worthwhile. Like, why are we doing this if, if we have our own, culture here like our own microflora mm. particularly but also all of our ingredients and hops and whatever why are we not celebrating that and so the mm. brewery you know wildflower was started in 16 um um 2016 in order to really celebrate what comes from our backyard in australia mm. and the for me the flavor profile particularly in beer and you might agree or not now we're drinking the spirit but in fermented beverages is the fermentation profile it's the esters mm. itself. It's the yeast yeah. that you use and how you manage that fermentation from raw product, sugar, yeah. into esters and alcohol. And then carrying that through and harboring that on either side is is kind of, um, you know, from the raw materials that you choose as well as how you handle things after. That's up to each practitioner. But really the most important part is that fermentation. And so that's what we really, really focus on um, mm -hmm. is mixed culture fermentation using entirely native yeast and bacteria foraged okay. from native flowers here in New South Wales, mainly wattle, but hence the name wildflower. Right. So all yeah. of our beers, if you come to drink any of our beers at Cellar Door or you get them out there uh, in the market, um, everything is fermented with non-lab propagated yeast and, and bacteria. Yeah. Everything comes directly from directly from nature. And then we work with it at the brewery like a, like a madre, like a sourdough culture um yeah. and just keep growing with it keep growing keep growing so you know yeah. not to again not to put words in your mouth but really it's it's starting to sound you know for me and starting to understand a little bit more about spirits production because i, I you know I'll, I'll admit to being um you know when it comes to the distilling side not not um not like adequately trained there and that's not my yeah area of expertise. So I can't speak too much to the actual distillation process of this. And that's why we partner with someone else to, with, to take care of this. Toms, yeah. With four toms and, and the blending yeah. to do that. So I, I want, but I've always been interested in, you know, dunder pits in the Caribbean mm. as these yeah. kind of continual cultures of like 
pretty rank, disgusting bacteria, yeah. to be honest. Like they when it comes to awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty gross. But it's interesting. Just the name alone so sounds awful. <laughs> but like, they're so crucial to the flavor profiles of of, of these products, um, and they, yeah. you know these yeah. distillers swear by them. Or that again, or you know the the non-boiling of 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 um, of a wash and allowing uh, microbiology from from the the mash to get mm. into the ferment to create a sour mash yeah. and from how the grain how that itself. from the yeah. Sorry, the grain yeah so yeah. yeah um to 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 carry out the fermentation you're carrying culture from the raw material into mm. the ferment and that markedly changes the distillate you know the fermentation yeah. and and but as a byproduct the distillate but you know yeah, yeah. That was, was trying to talk about beer, but I ended up talking about less beer. So. <laughs> well, it, but that's the thing. And I think it's something that um, we, Todd and I and Crafty, we certainly believe quite um, heavily in is that to make a good whiskey, you start with a good beer. Yeah. A good beer is the absolute necessity to know that you're going to have a good shot at a good product at the other end because what you, you're through the distillation process you're concentrating the flavors the esters the the essence of that beer into its spirit form into its raw alcohol form so absolutely um chasing flavors the whole way through so. that's it mm. absolutely well, so, I, I, I've, I, I've just been so surprised you know, every time I've been around a distillery about the levels that they take that beer ferment to ABV wise, smelling mm. the beer and that ferment, like I can tell you, I'm not going to tell you where I've been, but I'll tell you I've been to quite a few distilleries now. And, um, you know, I can smell it. The beer doesn't smell healthy in a lot of those places. Yeah. For me, I wouldn't be drinking that beer, but also like because the what they're going for is alcohol yield extract. Yeah, exactly. They're just and going for yield yeah. and they're and, sacrificing and, flavor for yield. To be honest, that's probably what you need to do to not go broke. You know, like probably like, yeah. it's a fine line, though, isn't it? It's a fine yeah. line. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, like because I work with so many different yeast and bacteria, I do smell a lot of things in those base ferments. I'm like, ooh, gosh, like I wouldn't be drinking that. But again, this is not to throw shade shade on distillers. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing is is time is t- time mm. of those fermentations. You know, they're looking for generally yeast that works hot and fast. Mm. And generally, yep. those are not yeasts that produce really balanced ester profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, generally, the slower that they work, you're going to get a more complex profile. Um, mm-hmm. So I was shocked. This has only been recently the 36-hour ferment. It's actually kind of long in the distilling world. From what I'm, from I, this is what I've been told. It's a couple of people. Well, um, we were, and and I think I think that's at least with the with the whiskey. That's probably the biggest difference yeah. from what we have in our glass right now to to any other whiskey that's, that's on the market um yeah well we were talking to waterford uh over in ireland yes yeah, um, yeah, yeah. on on monday um ned and mark mm. and i can't for the life of me remember how many hours it was that their ferment goes for but it was something like a week yeah fermentation yeah um, for for, for their whiskey so that they are getting the flavor, the essence of that whiskey. It is a low and slow ferment, um, yeah. very temperature controlled, um, purely to 
isolate and accentuate that the grain profile, the grain flavor. I, I drank some of that at Whiskey and Element a few months ago in Melbourne, the Waterford. It was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah. So like, I can understand like, you know, in, in a, a week, yeah, I mean, that's that's novel in, I mean, they're also at production. Like this is this product that we're talking about today, which we've, we've talked around a lot. I mean, we're going to have to talk about it. Well. Okay, um, we've still got time. We've got time. It's, 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 it's not, it's not in, you know, it's not a production product by any means. It's yeah. a curio at best. Yeah. <laughs> really. So um, all right. anyway. talking about, about the product, about the whiskey, yeah. um, which, um, so your beers are for the layman. They can be quite funky. Mm-hmm. They can be quite um, sour. They're like a farm, uh, a table beer, farm style mm-hmm. um, beer with that real funk or that sort of, for me, it's like a yeah, <laughs> something <laughs> on, on the back. It's not a, not a negative, but it's a, it's something <laughs> on the back of your tongue there that yeah, I can only yeah. describe as it's, a, it's got a ying. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just a bit more acid than what you're used to, you know. Yes, like, like, that's yeah. When you when you're probably, when you're yeah. fermenting when you're fermenting with a mixed culture, you get everything from nature. Mm. She doesn't just give you the the alcohol producing yeast and bacteria. She gives you the the lactic acid producing ones as well, which are yeah, a yeah. natural preservative to drop that pH a little mm. bit lower, and the beer lasts more safely in barrel um, for yeah, transport. Right. Or, 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 or drinking, you know, at, at, without refrigeration at multiple times. So it's a yeah. total natural thing for it to drop the pH. And that's generally, I mean, some people are called beer sours, which yep. I suppose that they they do carry acidity. Um, but a lot of people, sours um, can also be things made in like kettle sours really, really quick mm-hmm. and very lactic and very sharp. And that's yeah. just, while we have acid, we don't, we don't shoot for that level yeah, that yeah. kind of character of, of like it's a happy but product. Yeah. yeah yeah but but you're right our beers are funky um they when you when you go to nature to to um to get yeast like i said she gives you the whole gamut and so it's our job at the brewery to manage those fermentations or really monitor is probably the best term we're not managing we can't really direct them but when mm. we ferment beer um so like i said we've always started with that yeast um, we also uh, are really, really um, focused on the grain that we use, which has given us the, the like we were the first brewery to work with um, with Voyager, like Stuart Voyager, mm-hmm. who like everyone yep. in Australia distilling knows. Um, everyone. They're a great sponsor and supporter of ours as well. Hi, oh, Stuart. good. Okay. Oh, I saw Stuart <laughs> on Monday. Um, he's, uh, he's I hope he's, I hope he's feeling all right. I hope he's <laughs> feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he was up walking around. He's up anyway. That's whole other story. But he was up at Gangkol yeah. Crusher oh, Um So um, us and Batch were the first ones to to use um, Stu's malts, and we have a m- major focus on that. I'm really happy to talk about that and go into mm. the grains also in in this beer because that's highly specific yeah, as well. Cool. Sorry, this this whiskey. I just yeah. did it. I usually don't do that. I'm pretty good. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you're right through the fermentation, um, they, they are a bit funky. You do get the full gamut. Mm-hmm. It's our job to manage this cellar that we have of about 250, um, or so wine barrel size barrels, so 225 to 300 liter barrels, and then a number of large format oak foodras. Um, so we manage the cellar of brewing beer with those specific grains, fermenting it with our yeast. And then putting mm-hmm. them down into oak and then just watching and waiting for those to be within their right 
within the window and every single barrel is different. You know, we don't know mm. when we put some in the barrel, when it's going to be ready necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it, we just try to like monitor those fermentations and kind of harbor them down to a way where they're interesting and nuanced, but, um, but still palatable. And that's the thing that we always kind of focus on. It's like, it's mm. all well and good to go make something really strange um, yeah. for the sake of it. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you want people to enjoy it as well. Um, yeah. And anyway, also the same approach that we took towards the whiskey. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, look. Yes, we are dancing around the fact that you have a whiskey now. Yeah. But I think it's. We'll 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 get the whiskey because there's so much leading up to the whiskey that is so yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> and um, and knowing from my conversations with with some of our listeners and um, my own curiosity, you're doing a lot of things that have direct translation into spirits in terms of your yeast cultures, um, uh, the the uh, the barrel aging and then the blending process of those multiple barrels into your finished product, the age and the time. There are so many synergies and and um, uh, comparisons all along the way to uh, a whiskey production or to rum production um, mm-hmm. that I find really quite fascinating. And we don't get to do deep dives into things like yeast very often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you should, honestly. Like, I, I, I mean, not that this can, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, no, no, probably not a lot of people are doing it. But we like, will I think be talking oh, yeah. to one of our sponsors, Mogwai. Oh, cool. um, yeah. yeah, so Mogwai... Pulls his finger out and organises that. Yeah, we've got to get Crafty to organise that one. Um, <laughs> but that'll be like, yeah, I can't wait to do a year's deep dive on that. Um, that'll be awesome. Um, so... Well, I, mean, I can tell those stories through the whiskey. I think it makes more sense to just, just go into what this is and then... Yeah, yeah. Break let's, that let's, let's do that. Now we have the understanding of how how we make our beer, um, but you know your your listenership is is more focused on these other things, um, on on spirits. So to start, I mean, again, as a caveat, this isn't this isn't my main game, and nor is this is this something that we're trying to push into. Like like um, Dave Dave um, from Archie Rose is a mate. Like I speak to him probably at least once every second week. Um, one of his distillers was at the brewery doing some milling trials on Tuesday. Um, there's there's nothing in my desire that wants me to compete <laughs> with that. You know, like, obviously on scale or anything. Like, just, just to be completely clear, this is not a a move um, by any means from Wildflower. Everyone's um, very supportive, even if it were. But we'll not at all. Um, so um, this whiskey that we have, uh, which we've just simply called whiskey because I have a real honesty, I think, in the way that I want to talk about things. And mm-hmm. um, this is a whiskey. It would be a hopped whiskey if you want to be really um, specific, I suppose, about how we would talk about it. Um, because mm-hmm. our beer is hopped um, to quite low levels. And by the time this beer saw the stills, it would have been almost... Um, non-present but anyway um it there were hops in in the making um mm-hmm. this started off very much as beer it was boiled um 
and intended to be beer um, before it ended up seeing a still. Um, so we're just calling it a Wildflower and Four Toms Whiskey, and this is the 2023 release. Um, mm-hmm. This is a project that we are continuing. Like, again, not that we're making a move into it. but We're it, not making a move, but some, we're doing it something, again. We, we will. I mean, the intention <laughs> is to release one bottling a year. Um, yep. Right? Cool. Not making a move, but like, but this bottling was <laughs> was 300 liters, you know, 622 yeah, yeah. bottles. Like it's it's almost laughable um, in terms of its scale. Um, and even to be talking about it, so not honestly, really, not. And, and and just in terms of just not really, speaking, right. yeah. really, okay. Oh, well. what, what, what 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 was the last I am bottling? The last oh, one, I am two. What was that? I am two. I am two was only um, like 180 bottles, I think, somewhere around there. Okay. Huge. Yeah. Well, these are 500 ml bottles too, so even more. Anyway, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I respect that. I respect that. I think maybe maybe it comes from making beer, and and you know, we just think about volumes differently. But um, we weren't we weren't. Um, yeah, it's it, it seems very small for us, and and I like it like that. I don't again. I don't want it to be very. Yeah. Um, on Archie Rose, let's face it, they did have a small batch release, which was like 4,000 bottles or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's a little bit it relevant. Probably is small batch more than, you know, like, like everyone's yes. <laughs> thing. Um, so this is the 22th year. So a bit because the way that it comes about, this is why, why I can explain that there is new spirit being put down um, every year. So there is going to be, you know, uh, releases into the future. Um, so um, this beer, fuck, I did it again. This whiskey, <laughs> sorry, um, is blended from spirits distilled in 2018, 2019, and 2020. So 2018 was when we started doing this um, with Four Toms. The um, uh, um, it's 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 comprised of uh, spirit aged in um, American oak ex musket um, mm-hmm. from Clonakilla Winery. So Clonakilla, very good friends of ours, Denimer and Bateman, they gave us their musket barrels. We made a beer through them, our Christmas mm-hmm. beer a number of years ago, and then mm-hmm. we backfilled them with the spirit. Um, there is some American oak ex-bourbon in there, which is which which is present on the palate and a little bit on the nose, which we thought was important to in the blending. I'm kind of getting to the end, but just in terms of talking about what it is, mm-hmm. um, that was important to give some sort of touch point to some sort of a normal product a little bit <laughs> whiskey like giving giving something yep. that's like that's like familiar i suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. in that yep. and then um there's a decent component that's out of french oak punchin um so completely neutral never seen our beer um out of wine so wine but punchins are 500 liter barrels um yeah. and so the surface area to volume ratio on those is is quite blown out and you yeah. don't get really as much kind of oxygenation through the staves um, mm-hmm. But interestingly, those were the barrels that for us um, kind of bore the mark of the beer the most, like of the base mm-hmm. beer and the aromatics, um, which are, you know, I'm sure y'all can already tell from nosing it as you've been doing and I do it all the time. I just smell that. I'll smell this thing to death mm. um, because it's so wildly aromatic. Um, yeah. Versus what, what, I, what I would normally see in, in whiskey. And again, I don't drink mm. 
Some Australian whiskey, I don't drink heaps of spirits. I can't have them around the house because when I do, I drink the bottles and that's just not good for my getting up in the morning with three kids. Um, so so um, I'm not I'm not the most widely drunk um, kind of. Yeah, you, you yeah, have more self-control uh, than the average punter. <laughs> um, well, you, you guys know, but like that was... Um, that was really the thing that started to, the aromatics of this are really the thing that started to make us consider it as a, as a product on its own. So to get yeah. to where it started from, so I've explained how we make our beer and okay. the thing that I in, implied, but maybe not made direct inference towards was the fact that the way that we make beer is wildly inconsistent. Um, the yeast itself does a lot of different things um it yeah. is wild and no matter how long we have it in-house it does divert its own way doing whatever the hell it wants to do um and, and really you know, if it started we, being if it started being too consistent then it's not what you're looking for really is it kind of yeah i mean we want that drift right like i'm interested mm. in where the culture takes us not mm. where we take the culture um, yeah. So I'm interested in those new flavors that are created through a different That's mode right. of fermentation or a different pathway, yeah. like literally Britannomyces, which is a which is a a, a wild yeast, um, has the ability to do something called transesterification, where it will take an ester and rip it apart and rebuild it as a different ester. So this is a, something an aromatic of banana. It'll rip apart and rebuild as an aromatic of pineapple. I, I'm not wow. saying that's a direct that that actually yeah. that pathway you know goes to yeah, investors yeah. being it, built, but that's what it does when it runs out of sugar, right? It goes through right. long. It, it starts to just hold on to anything it can do to survive, and hmm. through oxygen ingress and and esters being present, it can do that. It can transester. Wow. It can go through transesterification to stay alive, right? Um, hmm. And so, if I was stymieing our culture or kind of halting it at certain periods mm-hmm. every single time, we wouldn't be giving the culture its day mm. to do whatever it's going to do. And that's the whole initial part of the project was a wildflower. Going out there rakes and pillages. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wild, like wild organisms do that. Like they, yeah, they yeah. really do. Like they have a predetermination to stay alive, yeah. like all of us. But I they, got <laughs> this. Maybe this is the nerd in me. But yeah. I went straight to um, X Men and <laughs> the latent mutant gene that will do anything it wants to do in order to to stay alive. And you've got hmm. your mutant yeast there. Well, that, that, exactly, uh, and that's what they do. But, part. <laughs> if, if, if we were getting lab propagated monoculture yeast. It's been taught its entire life that it gets fed yes. at a consistent schedule. And if it doesn't get fed, it dies. That's all they do. And they create autolytic flavors. So neat. So nice. They really are. I think of them as fat Englishmen, really, because like they just know <laughs> when their when their food's coming and then like, oh, yep. they're out and they're out. But also English yeast yep. die quite often. So it's like a oh. it's, it was in my head. Yeah, yeah. Um so that they're really fast ferment fermenters and then they, they die right out. Um yep. so I think it's like fatty. Whereas, whereas Britannomyces is much more, they're like hunter gatherers, you know, much more mm-hmm. wolf-like and just going, oh, going Anyway, I'm only suggest, I'm only describing that to say that um, yeah. these, these, these fermentations that we start, we have some understanding of the way that they might go. 
um, but we never have control over what's going to happen. Mm. And so this project started, we started the distillation because um, Four Toms is really brutal with their heads and tails. Like, is it heads and tails cut to the heart? Mm-hmm. The heads and the tails that you want, yeah. the heads and tails. So yeah, yeah they're, they're right. cuts. So their cuts yeah. are narrow because like in their yeah. gin process, yeah. right? Very, and so they've always, they've always had a decent amount of heads and tails around, which are really great for contact sanitizing at the brewery. Yeah. So, um, hence why um, when COVID came along, everyone's like, we've got fucking sanitizer at our ears. Exactly. <laughs> Bottle well, that shit. I mean, we've been, we've been doing that since we started is they've, they've yeah. always saved their heads and tails and we go collect a little drum and that's what we use in our contact sanitizers. And if you come to cellar door and we clean your table, there might be a distinct smell of juniper um, on that yeah, table right. because <laughs> your, 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 your table has just been cleaned with gin. With um, awesome. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily the right. gin that you want to drink um, because it has <laughs> some other in enough. it. Yeah. But, but um, so we'd always been doing that in the sense of, um, uh, they've been saving something that's a byproduct for them because I'm like, oh, great. That's that's really useful for us for context sanitizing. Mm. Um, mm. Never once have I actually, I can be on, I actually never mixed it with orange juice and see see how it went. Um, but I've, I've heard that people have done things like that. Um, but I, I, I value my eyesight, so I'm not going to yeah, do yeah. that. It's um, <laughs> yeah, keep away from the head, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you don't want to no, smell too much of it either, otherwise you're going to burn those nose hairs off and... There goes your sense. To be honest, mm. I could use that um, with my nose hairs. Um, <laughs> but um, we had this relationship with them and their friends and they're around the corner. And uh, in 2018, we had built our cellar. So our barrel stock was full. Mm-hmm. We didn't have yep. any more space to put any more barrels. And so it started to become the time where we had to start looking at barrels that had been passed up on blending multiple times and say, mm-hmm. okay, there's something with the beer in this barrel that makes, that means at the blending table, when we blend, we blend blind. We don't know the ages of what we're tasting. Um, mm. But some, sometime we've just, we've passed this up time and time and time again. And now this beer is two and a half, three years old in barrel and it's too oaky or it's too funky or it's too sour for us to enjoy. So what do we do? Well, the normal thing to do in the beer world, when you're doing what we're doing, which by normal, there's like probably 10 to 15 breweries in the world that operate the way that we do. So the normal thing for the 10 of us um, would be to just dump it. And, and we did some of that in the early days just to go, okay, we're cutting our losses. Oh, we're going to save save the barrel. We'll that'd be a hard day. It sucks. It sucks. Um, the thing that started to really change it for me was to say like, actually, this is a, this is a waste. They're... Mm is there is spirit there's there's alcohol in here but more so there's grown material like Mm. barley and wheat that Mm. has you know required sunlight and nutrition from the soil and and water to grow and then it's been malted and then it's been transported into me what a waste it is for me and how like how consumer driven would it be for me Mm. just to say because i don't like it i'm just going to get rid of it you know yeah um and so in 2018, we drove over a barrel, like a full oak barrel of beer, drove it over to Port Tom's, and we decanted it directly into their still. Because their still is 220 liters, oak barrels 220 liters, perfect. Straight all perfect. the way in, and we distilled that. Now, over the next five years, or six years inclusive that it's been that we've been doing this, we've realized 
that not everything that goes in the still, as you say, is going to come out nice, right? So, yeah, that's it. Um, so, you know, there was also like, while in, in doing this, this the, pro the project was born as going, okay, these barrels are not faulty, but they are not uh, going to fit into the wildflower flavor profile, which is quite narrow. Like we have quite soft acidity, um, not too oaky. There is a bit of funk, but not overly aggressive. Um, yeah. And and we, I didn't know what to do with these barrels that were outside of that, so we started distilling them. But amongst the time, you know, we've definitely dipped our toe into like, oh, this one's going a little acidic, like a little vinegary. Let's distill it. Mm -hmm. You taste this. You taste the spirit. It you straight away. You you smell. You smell yeah. the vinegar. Um, you can feel it on the. It's a different mouthfeel. It's a different um, profile entirely. So those trials mm -hmm. were very once and truly like done. So we were like, okay, we, yeah. we can't put shit in the still and expect to get gold right it doesn't work yeah. like that um yeah. and that's what we that's what we <laughs> realized um yep. so we 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 did though continue to uh allow um barrels to mature out of our program and not not allow like not intentionally but when mm -hmm. something became no longer suitable for our beer but not faulty so not sour not necessarily like no sorry not um not acetic not microbial. Sometimes we get like really strange microbial growth going on in the beer, um, like kind of bacterial things that might send it kind of smell like band aids or something like that. Oh. We tried that. No, that does that's that's that neutral spirits crap as well. So we, you know, yeah. those now go those go down the, the drain as well. Yeah. Um. As as any we haven't had an acidic barrel in a while actually. Um. But anyway, those beers we attempted to distill. The spirit was shit, so we dumped them. So we didn't. We're not yeah. trying to um, do anything else. But it was more of like, uh, how do we not throw away the work that's been done already, and yeah. maybe not necessarily um, just because it wasn't intentional to do this. Is there a way to make it a more stable product that in itself is is interesting? So the beers that the washes or the ferments that were distilled to make this whiskey were made from organic New South Wales grains fermented with entirely mixed cultures from New South Wales at around 5%. It's usually where we're at. Generally, yeah, right. wheat, and wheat and barley mixture of raw wheat and malted barley mixture. That's our main beer is gold is those two things. Yep. Hopped, hopped to about 20, 25 IBU, so relatively low. Uh, mm -hmm. With a kiwi hop called Mochueka, which is quite limey, um, which you mm -hmm. get a lot in our in our beer. Um, I don't think mm -hmm. it translates so much from this still, but as soon as we started doing it in 2018, we started to notice even in the new make spirit. I mean, we had a number of cocktail bars um, like begging for the the new make to put in really? in 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 spirit. Yeah, because it, it's yeah. so aromatic, like it's aromatic, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and we were we were just we didn't. Both us and four times were like, I don't really know what we're doing with this. Um, I think we're just going to put it down into barrel. You know, I had used barrels from mm -hmm. the brewery from making beer that we weren't, we weren't, yep. you know, we don't use American oak barrels. So we got them from a few wineries, including Conakilla. Uh, we used once in beer and then the American oak character was a bit too strong for our beer. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I have, I have barrels. Um, we didn't rechar them or anything. We just filled them right back up with the spirit. Yeah. So we just, so we'll just put filled, it down and we'll see what happens. Were they filled Sorry. wet? They were, were they filled wet, or so you, you'd emptied the the beer wet. out and then just refilled straight away with the yeah? 
Washed, washed with with um, washed, yeah, with with hot water, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, there you I, go. So Ian says, Ian. I've always thought the best whiskies come from the ideal balance of bacteria and yeast. Mm-hmm. I flavour slight, slightly sour ferments. Uh, keen to dabble. That that word was maybe it's all the whiskey I've had. Keen to dabble with hops one day. Indeed. I would just say on on that on that end, I mean, do I would use low alpha noble hops, so not the new age stuff. That's alpha alpha hops of like north of nine percent. They're gonna that oil is gonna carry through a lot in the distillation. Mm. Um, you want lower lower um, oil hops, which are generally like more traditional ones, more herbal mm-hmm. um, and more grassy, um, and they will they will help your bacteria. Um, grow at a slower pace, which gives you a more balanced acidity. And that, that, that's kind of why we use hops, is a stymieing right. of, like hops are antibacterial. That's why they're used in beer. You could use all kinds of bittering uh, agents in beer, juniper, yeah. um, um, uh, gentian root, rosemary, anything, but hops yeah. are antibacterial. So that's why they're used in beer. Right. So we use them to slow the souring. Well, while still allowing yeah. it to happen, but slowing it down. Um, so there you go. What that I noticed, <laughs> that's right. So what we started to notice was that these spirits were highly aromatic, and we thought, okay, well, let's just let's put them into barrel and see what happens. And we did that for the better part of four and a half, five years, um, literally until the end of last year, end of 2022, that um, we actually sat down and tasted our barrel stock of all eight barrels that we had filled. You know, like we're going crazy here. Um, but um, but we started to taste it and went and went. Okay, like this thing that maybe didn't start off as an intentional process um, has borne something that is unique, at least from our perspectives, from Bortoms and 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 the wildfire perspective. Not only of of a spirit from a mixed culture beer, you know that alone from the beer side has really only been done by one producer, and that was because of a faulty thermostat. So there was a was a lambic producer called Dre Fontanen. Um, it's got a big three on the, on the bottle. They had a, a neutral spirit come out um, uh, in the late nineties that they had a thermostat issue in their bottle conditioning room and a lot of beer was spoiled. So they, they took that beer and distilled it. But since then there hasn't really been anyone um, using mixed culture barrel aged beer mm. as a base for a spirit. So from a beer side, yeah. this is already an interesting thing from a whiskey side. We're talking about, pre-barrel aged wash i suppose how do you describe it pre before this pre-oaked <laughs> exactly before this beer saw the stills it yeah. would have had on average a minimum one year in barrel before wow. which whether or not that carries through in an oak thing i don't think mm. oak necessarily would carry through the distillation but the actual um, maturation. Yeah, why those flavors wouldn't come across? If, yeah, if true. Yeah. Some of it would. Yeah, yeah. some of it would. Because yeah. hops definitely comes across in the distillation. And and we use neutral French oak, so it would be more of that creamy kind of oak. So character. Neutral French oak. Neutral is in not not fresh. Uh, neutral right. is from a from a winery. The yep. winery has soaked up a lot of those fresh, right. kind of more sure. yep. more sharp 
um, yeah, characteristics. Sharp, like, I think yes. Generally, you get a sharp, yeah. spicy yeah. pepperiness from. Yeah. from We're not after that. Yeah. We're not yeah. after that at all. We want we want the we want the home of the barrel, right? We want the 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 place where it's where it's held, rather than the flavor itself. And for mm -hmm. us, a lot of that comes through in texture. Um, which, you know, y'all drink more spirits than me, but the texture of this is again, quite different than a lot of other things that, that I see. It has a bit, a bit of grip in the middle, even at 48%. Um, mm. like it's, it's, yeah, it's, thick. it's thick in a way you're creamy. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, so potentially that is from the pre regime, but you know, so from the beer side, it's interesting to have a beer of our, um, production method mm. go through a still. And then from the whiskey side, it's quite interesting to have something that is made from, I suppose, well, from what I'm understanding, made from the organic grains, fermented with completely wild yeast to a low ABV and aged, and, and then aged pre still and aged, um, yeah, before it even hits the still. Yeah. Exactly. So um, yeah. the still at Port Thomas, which should be mentioned, which is one of the reasons I think that the, well, obviously everything has an impact on how this is, but. Um, quite interesting, the direct impact is that it's a, they have copper brandy stills um, mm -hmm. and they have, oh, y'all know, there's like plates in them, yep. something about, any other, so, so is that plates a plate? Plates column, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. So these are <laughs> single, this is a single pass, but because mm -hmm. I guess there's plates, it kind of, anyway, again, not so my, not my, you, not my you've work. You've got your reflux happening and basically you've, you've, yeah. you're doing more distillation through that through the column rather than just yeah. a single up and over pass. Okay. Well, that, that that's but, my layman description of it. <laughs> well, the, the thing, the thing that I'm pointing towards is that these are, these are brand new stills. So they are mm -hmm. made to ferment fruit wines and mm -hmm. retain ester profiles of fruit wines, um, rather than being bubble plates. Thanks again. Um, uh, rather than being pot stills for, um, for uh, you know grain mm. distillations, um, which is great for their product, you know the the, the aromatic spiced gins yeah. that they make, um, but also I think potentially was kind of fortuitously the right still for a very aromatic um, mm. grain fermentation to go through yeah. as well. Um, and so the thing for us is was was um, that we started to taste you know, finally at the end of 22 and started to kind of like show around to other people was that, mm. Hey, like we kind of wanted to take the piss about this a little bit. We kind of wanted to jeer, I suppose, a little bit at the whiskey industry, yep. not, not as like a, <laughs> just as like cheeky little siblings. Like, yeah, exactly. Just like, yeah. ha -ha. Um, and then we started to taste it. And we're like, ah, this, we kind of like this. Like it's, it's interesting. <laughs> and good. Yeah, I know. And, and maybe we need to give it its day, you know, like, like particularly the poor Tom's crew, they were saying, look, they're not, they're not interested in going into whiskey. It's not, there's not something on their radar. Um, it's quite confusing for a lot of distilleries who start off and they're gin, 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 gin. And all of a sudden, yeah. six years, five years later, they're like, actually, we've been putting whiskey down this whole time. And that's all we want to focus on. They're like, Oh, what, what happened to your gin program? They, yeah. that's, that's not the, that's not the route that they want to take. And so it was quite, their MO at, at Port Tom's from a brand identity is very tongue in cheek. Um, yeah. And they, they really do like it, like a bit of uh, poking around at the industry. 
Um, but when we started to release this, we both thought, okay, maybe if we if we took the piss, then it might not respect the product. Like un- unbeknownst to both of us, it's you know, despite odds, it's 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 pretty interesting. Um, mm. And I, I I mean I I again I don't drink enough spirit to really warrant uh, saying um, one thing or another about it, about its quality or whatever. But um, mm. from everyone Sorry, that I do respect, We do have someone's honest opinion of it on the sidelines here. Um, oh, I need oh. to say that this it's is made. possibly, this is possibly the single largest post that we're, I'm about to put out. So Yeah, it, definitely the longest comment we've ever had. Okay, <laughs> hey, how are you? Yeah. Oh, so no way. used to be based in Sydney and is now yeah. in Adelaide. Am I thinking mm. the right person? Mm. I'm thinking Inner West Brewers, maybe. Uh, so uh, for those who are not watching at home and listening after facts, so Chaga Lopez says uh, this was an amazing I've, – I've bastardized his last name um, – it's an amazing and very interesting whiskey. I've been a fan of wildflower beer way before I became a distiller. Went to meet Topher. Uh, was back when I was working at Nomad Brewery in 2017 and loved what they were doing with barrel and wild fermentation. Now, as I'm a distiller and also a fan of Paul Tom's, I had to buy this whiskey and the result is great. Even though hops can be extremely overpowering, when distilling beers, I feel that you guys have created a very nice contemporary whiskey flavor. That's really kind. Thank you. <laughs> well done, you. <laughs> now we well, actually had um, we actually had Marcel Thompson, um, who uh, worked with Paul Tom's on their recipes, mm-hmm. um, and I, so we, that was back episode twenty five. <laughs> yeah, a while ago. Back in uh, 2022, we had him on. Wow. So, that, yeah, he was fascinating to talk to. So, mm. did you have any involvement with him on it at all? Or was this purely no. now that they... No, so, um, so Geo, their distiller, um, was really the one kind of taking, like, again, like their, like their gin, being this, the cuts were. I know from this ridiculously brutal um, mm-hmm. like there wasn't, there wasn't a huge heart middle um, because that's the way that they like to do it with their still. And I mean, fair play to them. Like we weren't doing this for a commercial output, right? So um, the volume that we took from the still wasn't the, the goal. It was, it was the mm-hmm. flavor. And then yep. mainly with the, with the actual blending, that was mainly between um, Sean, who's like the bar manager. Well, he, he's he, he's not a number of us. He's sort of the brand guy and design. He's a re- incredible palette, um, mainly cocktail. Um, and then Luke uh, Hipper, who's one of our employees who has a background in wine. And the two of them, we worked um, it, probably blending this for about four months, um, various iterations of different compositions, different ABVs, um, uh, and really kind of figuring out what we wanted the initial release to look like. The, the barrels, you know, are 
quite different. Um, we did a tasting at Whiskey and Ailment looking at the actual barrel composition, like the actual individual distillates in barrels, and then and then looking at the whiskey together. Um, I really think we do have something that is greater than the sum of its parts here. Um, but there are some barrels that are, you know, share more of that oak characteristic, particularly those American oak bourbon ones. Um, but so much is just this aromatic that, um, mm. you know, so many people when they smell it like that, that know our beer, they just smile and they just, it just, just smells like your beer. Like it just smells and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't at all smell like our beer, but it, but it, I can, it's highly aromatic, which our beer is as well. And well, so I can understand where they're coming from. Um, and so anyway, I mean, we, I appreciate the comment from, from Tiago because it, it's, um, and apologies for, for misspelling that because we kind of struggled with where where this fits um, because I didn't want again like I said we didn't want to throw it under the bus um, but it didn't have in some respects it didn't have it, I I don't know where like who to peg it to or what to peg it to yeah. really and that that's a that's a kind of a scary place to be in a market that we don't know you know I knew beer I knew what we were doing with wildflower by putting something that's not in the market at all into the market in 2017. Mm. Um, that, but, that uh, I, I guess so. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> um, like we, we still make a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of beer. Um, it's, it's, it's enough for us and we're very, very happy about mm. it, but um, that's it. Um, yeah. And so I, 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 the contemporary whiskey is, is, is a nice um, kind of, kind of comment because, we were really intentional about not wanting to ruin the texture and aromatic of this whiskey with oak um, because mm. e or, or ABV. I mean, even yeah. at 52% where these were put into cask, it was incredibly drinkable. Um, mm. Just a little too hot for my liking and, and yep. a few of the others. And we thought that bringing it down to 48 at bottling um, just kind of gave a bit more of that breadth in the middle. And then mm. you did see a little bit more of the fruit at the back end, um, mm. rather than it, it being that warmth. But it, it does see, have a it very nice long finish to it. It's not a harsh. It's it's a long, gentle finish. You can feel the um, the the pepperiness, bit of pepper, bit of um, uh, the the aromatics on the back of your tongue there, mm. and it's yeah, it's very nice. It's reminiscent of uh, musk wallies. See, I need to Google all these. I need to go find them. Maybe if you could drop that into the, drop me a text message or something like that. I'll, I'll go, I'll be in Melbourne yep. tomorrow. I'll go find a bottle of whatever that is. Um, of that one. Yeah, but, um, musk wallies, yeah, yeah, that works. Um, uh, you know, when, when I was, when I, when I was, um, yeah, toasting it with Dave, um, Archie Rose, he sort of had a, he sort of tasted it, really enjoyed it, had a laugh to himself, and I said, "What's also funny?" And he said, "It's, it's, it's natural whiskey, like natural wine has now hit whiskey. <laughs> like, like there it is, <laughs> and even with the branding and everything like that." And I was like, "Oh, well, I guess that's not, that's not the worst thing." Now, now was, you've got to, you've got to also tell us a little bit about the artwork as well, yeah. which is well, is quite beautiful. Yeah, um, and apologies for the way that that shows up on the uh, on the whiskey sample bottle. <laughs> the, uh, the actual label being crusted over it. Um, what I you wanted mean that? To... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you notice though? I've yeah. almost I've almost finished it. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, Todd gave me Todd gave me. Um, 
Yeah. And I, I don't know how much was in there, but I've almost polished off that tonight. Well, so this is the thing I hadn't tasted it before tonight. It is very easy drinking. It. it is yeah, good. Well, good. Well, I mean, a aromatic yeah. whiskey. Like mm. I've I've tasted a number of now beers, whiskey that that started off as a beer, mm-hmm. and there's a number of them out in the market, and I'm not a fan of any of them. No, I can confidently say i don't think the bottles that i have on my shelf will be finished mm-hmm. by me deliberately <laughs> when in time i'm like here give this a go give this a go but um i have almost finished that so oh, thank you yeah um thank you. yeah as a as a a beer that has yeah become a whiskey it is mm-hmm. it is different and i'm not ex- because of the of what wildflower is, I'm not expecting a typical, yeah, whiskey yeah. based whiskey from beer as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if that if that makes any sense at all of this point of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely. Well, I'll tell you. So the artwork on the front that is adorning the bottle, if you will, um, is by uh, a friend of ours who's art uh, studio was actually on the same street as us is how we met um she's an australian artist um who's a master of color like um she actually just this year had her first piece of art um installed at the um um what's it called the australian um what's it like the museum oh this Oh yeah, temporary. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. The um, no, like the, the permanent collection of these, like in Canberra. Oh, the Australia. Yeah, the National Gallery. Gallery. The National Gallery. National yeah. Gallery. So, oh, sorry. So she had her first. She had her first artwork installed into the permanent collection at the National Gallery. Thank you. Um, my wife knows a bit more about art than I do. Um, <laughs> anyway, and she's um, so she she she's incredibly well regarded, and she's an amazing um artist. Um, and her studio was was on the street, she's since moved. Um, but this artwork that's on the front is quite indicative of what she was doing a few years ago, these really big brush strokes using quite bold color and layering on top of each other. Um, and this one in particular, uh, so we, I asked Gemma Smith is, is her name. Um, I asked Gemma a number of years ago if we could license a piece of artwork from her to put on a label of our beers because we're on the same street and I kind of wanted to become friends with her and that was a nice way to just <laughs> bring that. And um, she, she very kindly agreed at the time and then um, we just never got around to doing it. Um, all of our beers uh, didn't, didn't warrant them, but it just didn't feel right for anything. And so um, when the whiskey came around, I thought to myself, oh, it kind of came to me that maybe this, you know, going to Gemma might be mm-hmm. a... Um, uh, the right kind of move for, for a different product for both of us. So different branding, um, you know, different position, like a different, it just looks quite different from one of our beers. I didn't want it to be just like one of our beers. Um, so from, from the branding aspect, but um, also, so, so when I, I asked Gemma if she'd be willing to do this and it turns out she is quite enthusiastic about whiskey. So she actually joined us for a number of the blending um, days throughout this and her input in the inside the product is also you know there and so it's not just the, the artwork on the outside without her input yeah. so another another miracle 
kind of creative mm. um, in this. But she gave us access to her entire um, portfolio, like every artwork wow. she'd ever made or whatever, and just said, choose what, whatever you want. Like, honestly, <laughs> what, what, whichever artwork you'd like to use, go for it, um, which is, like, incredibly generous um, for us just yeah. to have the, the carte blanche of, of all of her work. Um, and, uh, I mean, I don't get to keep it. I didn't get to keep this artwork, it, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, it's huge. It's 1.8 meters by 1.8 meters, the actual oh, art. Oh, wow. Um, that is but um, we, we settled on this piece, a uh, number of us, uh, my wife and a few of us at the brewery, um, without knowing the backstory, which coincidentally, um, this artwork is called Excess because it was made over a number of years by this canvas that was sat in the side of her studio. And when she would finish with her paint from, from a different artwork, there would still be some paint left on the palette. And it's not great to wash a lot of those paints on the sink. There's they create, like some of these acrylic paints are quite toxic. Um, so instead of washing them down the sink, she would just iteratively over time, years, paint them onto this canvas over and over and pushing different colors into different corners and whatnot and you can see that in the label um and there's some better photos of it on online this this artwork if you want to google it um and so we said you know, how about this photo like this this beer called there's this artwork called excess and she just laughed and was like well that's perfect like it's exactly you know she knew the story of the whiskey without kind of leading in to the artwork she didn't even tell us so that's what this is and Gemma's um Gemma's uh uh uh, work is, 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 is amazing, but she's um, quite interested and keen on staying involved with the project. So as the years go on, um, we will likely continue to license a new artwork from her each year, probably in a similar format, to, to just carry on the iterations. Because we're not doing multiple bottlings, you know, releases a year, it's just this once a year is the intention you know, when it's winter time, when everyone wants to be drinking spirits anyway, um, uh, thing with, with, with her artwork. So it's been a really lovely connection um, with her and, 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 and really, I mean, forgive the pun, but quite an organic um, thing that, that's come about. And um, Max Allen in the AFR wrote a really nice review of, of, of the whiskey and really focused on that packaging and the branding aspect of it being so different than than what you would normally see. And, you know, I didn't, again, because I'm um, not necessarily in the world, I actually didn't consider how different it was to normal whiskey um, in the market before before putting out there. But again, you know, we've sold this wholesale to probably 10 to 15 bars and bottle shops across Australia. So it's not something that you're going to see sitting on the shelf anyway. I mean, if you do and you got a, you know, a really great whiskey bar that has supported us and it's, on the, it'll be somewhere in the back bar, and I'm sure it would, would stand out on the back bar against the flood of text and fontology that you generally see. But um, it wasn't that wasn't the intention necessarily. It was to there's a beautiful, well, what we think a beautiful product that was kind of a, a joining of two, um, you know, businesses or, or creatives or or kind of um, I don't know, booze plonkers um, <laughs> on the inside, and we'd rather have something. Yeah, actually. Actually, now I come back to this, I'm actually remembering why I did it. it was because the the brewery, like we we know how to make work and we know how to ferment it. That's what we do. 
right? We were really focused on that. So in this project, we've focused on that aspect of what we know how to do. And we know how to source grain. So that's us. For Tom's, they know how to distill and they know how to blend. So we're just going to leave that to those experts rather than trying to do this all in-house. And so when it comes to making something look pretty, we're going to leave that to the professional artist <laughs> and, and uh, not, not try to do that one ourselves. So it definitely was trying to, um, to the intention was to, you know, uh, allow everyone's expertise to, to shine. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very, sorry. I'm very hastily trying to um, crop out the image of the, of the, uh, uh, of the, of the artwork, the artwork so i can flash yeah. it up on the fucking screen oh that's okay and i'm doing a really bad job of it so i hope <laughs> right. this doesn't completely destroy it it'll probably be like postage stamp size when i get the thing uploaded oh uh, yeah oh there we oh, go yeah that's that's perfect that's great yeah Got that it. actually that actually is a really nice like photo of it because it shows just a bit more of the depth of color when you when you go to print something there's just a lot of loss um, that mm. you get. So this shows you the lightness in it, whereas the label, you get a bit more darkness. Um, in it. Anyway, um, it arrived at the brewery. Gemma very kindly lent us the artwork, which was very scary to have mm. something that valuable in my um, uh, <laughs> uh, possession um, slash responsibility. Um, during the launch, so we had it a, a, a showing for a weekend and... Um, when it arrived, it was just like, it, it, mm. I don't know, it, it's fine art. Like you kind of you oh, see it well, and then you see it in real life and you're like, wow, this is, it was really mm. amazing. Anyway, it's beautiful. Well, I, I did have to use it for oh, our, that's great. for the cover so image good. for the podcast for this episode. Um, yes. And I hope I, I did it justice uh, in my, uh, my cropping and positioning. Um, no, but yeah, perfect. I just thought it was too good to, too good not to use. No, and you're inspiring me. I, I want to use that now for other things, but I would have to license it again from Gemma <laughs> and I don't have enough whiskey to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'll put a link. I'll put Gemma. I'm going to put a link in the website, in the podcast description. I'll put a link. In... <laughs> I'll attribute. Oh, I'll attribute. Yeah. Um, Thiago's, um, I mean, back to Sydney. Oh, here we go. So, yeah, yeah, late reply yeah. from um, uh, Thiago here. So, late reply, yes, very aromatic whiskey, great oak presence. Um, I guess it uh, also comes from the beer being fermented in barrels. Uh, good barley backbone, very, very interesting. And also, Luke, you're almost right. Yes, basically, oh, other direction. Early I said Adelaide. Time. Yeah, you went to Nusa. Yeah, yeah. Kind of I knew it. Well, knew it. if you want to, you want to come in and and um, we can sit down, and have a, a beer, nip a whiskey together. Um, Luke, if you want to pop over as well, or, oh, you know, we yeah, will. come around. Come most, around. Most can, certainly. Can most that. certainly. Yeah. Now, I do want to circle back sure. to a question that came in uh, in the first well, 15, 16 yeah. minutes uh, of the episode that we sort of didn't quite get to mm -hmm. uh mick mick sheard mm -hmm. i make friend of the show um as a baker of 25 years i think it's super cool what you're doing uh, i've done a few experiments but it's very fucking cold in Vic often how do you control the temperature if you get any stall 
So this is going back to the conversation about your ferment and using your yeah. your wild yeast and whatnot. Um, we don't get stall is essentially the the answer to that. Um, our ferments don't slow down. I think a lot of that has to do with volume. Um, like when you're fermenting 2,000 liters of beer at a time, there's quite a bit of thermal mass there. So even if the nighttime temperatures do drop, um, the beer will maintain a decent mm. temperature. Um, in terms of controlling the temps, I don't control the temp at all. Um, we actually don't have a glycol system at the brewery at all. There's no chilling anywhere. Um, it, the only time the beer is chilled is before service, um, like chilled yeah. down to service temperatures in kegs. Um, so we, I really don't like the idea of shocking yeast by chilling it down um, during fermentation. And again, we don't warm it up. We actually knock out our beer really warm. We start fermentation at about 28 to 30 degrees Celsius, which is really hot for beer. Yeah. Um, but the yeast profile and the way that our, fermenta for our fermentation vessels dissipate heat means that those fermentations stay um, they don't get like super, um, uh, ethanol driven, um, cause some, some hot ferments can get hot in yeah. alcohol, um, yeah. but ours don't do that. And a lot of that's due to the yeast as well. So, um, I would say if you're getting, if you're doing mixed culture fermentations and your yeast is stalling because of temperatures, maybe just move it inside. Um, if you can, if it's Put a, a blanket on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then again, if, you're, if your ferment stalls one winter, I mean, this is me talking, wait till the summer. Just, just let, it, mm. let it ride out in the summer. Those yeast will wake right back up and they'll probably finish the ferment for you. So um, if you have the patience, just, just ride it out. Mm. So have you found that the weather conditions uh, and the season have a big impact on have any impact on yeah. your ferments? Do you have yeah, to stop production uh, during the depths of summer? No, uh, we actually, we just brew different beers. No, we, we, yeah. we brew different beers and we know what to brew when and what we're going to get out of that. But we're also brewing beer year round and putting it to barrel year round. So we have like more diversity in our barrel cellar. Um, to be able to blend from. So when we make most of our, the majority of the beers we make are blended from various yep. ages of beer. So we're taking younger beers and older beers together to make what we want. Mm. And so it's actually quite nice to have those various seasons and mm. the variation in fermentation profile through the yep. season to be able to, to, to sort of celebrate that difference a little bit. So mm. no, I mean, we don't, um, no, I just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Celebrate uh, the difference, yeah. So we've had another oh, question. Sorry. I mean, yeah, oh, but, yeah. Good, good question. Sorry. Um. Uh. Right. Um. So, so Ian says, uh, "I may have missed it, but are you open fermenting or yeah. gathered leaves yeah. from your local area? Also, heat mates, okay. good work. Yeah. Uh, use yeah. trains, all helpful for the brewer. So, yeah. I mean, so yes. Where, where did you forage? Your yes. Yep. Um, farms, like definitely not national parks because you're not allowed to take flowers from those. Um, but, like a swab, though. Um, I mean, a swab will be fine. Yeah. No, I, I go quite heavy. Um, the swabs can become really easily infected. So you've got to use a lot of 
pot of flower, like a lot yeah. of um, nectar source with mm. with wort to really get a healthy ferment going. Um, so yeah, we, right. I don't really do a ferment under five liters when we start when we start that. We don't like, and that's I mean for a for a while for like a capture that would be about as small as going. Um, so open fermenting. Um, it depends on what you mean by open fermenting, Ian. Um, there's two understandings of that word. One is like a pressureless fermentation. So open fermenting is in like the um, there is no back pressure, like it's not going into a spunding valve or some sort of blow off valve. Um, that mm -hmm. can be described as open fermenting. The other open fermenting that you might be more speaking of is like an exposed to the environment English style ale. Yeah, I think that would be more what you're talking at. We don't, we do somewhere in between. If you, if you, so we have a, you put a lid on it? tanks, we have tanks that we allow to ferment out for a few days and then, and then like exposed and then mm -hmm. the lid on it. Um, yeah. So it's not, it's not so much that we, the reason for that is not to, like we do inoculate with our house culture from, so mm -hmm. we're, we're not, we're not looking for the, ambient uh, air and microbiology to conduct the fermentation or to influence the fermentation. We're actually more interested in not having any um, back pressure on that ferment and allowing CO2 to freely flow out of the ferment to create a higher ester profile in the beer. There's an inverse relationship between um, uh, hydrostatic pressure, like the height of a ferment, like the depth of ferment, and esterification in the ferment. So the higher the ferment, the less CO2 is able to dissipate out of the fermentation, so the less ester you get, because CO2 um, slows down uh, ester, from ester production in yeast in mm -hmm. fermentations. Whereas a shallower ferment, um, or one that isn't uh, spunded or put into a blow-off valve or sees any kind of back pressure, will release its CO2 to the environment um, uh, much easier. Um, and so mm -hmm. we, we are on that second point. So we do that, uh, less for a perspective of trying to influence it from the, not from the exterior air and more from a desire to, to get a higher ester profile from those fermentations, um, gathered yeast mm -hmm. culture from your local area. Yes. All New South Wales, um, generally wattle ferments. So you take a wattle blossom right now is a great time, um, of the year to go get um, flowers because we're just we're just and exiting winter so a lot of the nefarious bacterias that come with hotter temperatures aren't around right now um, okay. so and you have a lot of saccharomyces that's still resident on mm. yeast like sugar sources so um, go get mm. wattle uh, rip off all the pollen and all the yellow uh, blossoms put them into a something and put some um sterile wort on top of it and it'll ferment and i would say it'll be a nice ferment probably 60 percent yeah, wow. yeah okay yeah. now you went for water what about things like uh bottle brush and those yeah there's gravelia in there yeah. yeah um it yeah we had to rebuild the culture in 2021 um william we use a shallow fermentation vessel yes the most highest depth is about 800 mil um, right. like, so yeah, yeah, quite, yeah. quite shallow for, for a 3000 liter fermentation. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We did a lot to start and then we had to rebuild the culture in 2021. Um, and so now the culture is mainly from Waddle, from, uh, a, a vineyard friend's property 
a winery in Murray Bateman, um, mm-hmm. different from the Clonakilla one that we were speaking of before, and then a um, Melaleuca flower in the in the Southern Highlands. Um, yeah. But you, you can Gravelias and Bottlebrush is quite an interesting one because there is documentation of um, language groups in Western Australia uh, using Gravelia pre-colonization as a not only a yeast source but also a sugar source for low alcohol ceremonial drinks so the bottle brush would be put into um like a like a trough like somewhere where there would be like held water and then Mm -hmm. soaked and then pulled out the next day and new bottle brush put in pulled out so iteratively kind of um uh, like day by day dissolving sugar into this uh water source making increasing the the sugar concentration, yeah. but also by as a byproduct, inoculating it with those um, yeast. So oh, wow. this, this idea that we're doing this, um, I can confirm this from it to yeah. Um, um, uh, by doing this, um, uh, That's this with, with, with flowers, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, I didn't know that this was a history in Australia before I started wildflower, but now that mm. I am, uh, I've come to learn this through through Max Allen, um, the same person who wrote this. Um, like, is a I don't know, you'll know Max Allen, but a great wine writer and and mm. Plonk. Uh, 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 what, what would I call him? A documenter of Plonk um, in Australia. Um, he came to, to so yeah, uh, he came to tell me about. He knows this stuff. Yeah, that's very much. Yeah, yeah he knows this stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it's a fascinating. So I wonder if side. just to just to you know throw out ideas of potential yeast sources when you're thinking mm. about sugar content mm. what about um those honey ants where I'm they not hang out kind of putting like living organisms in my beer uh, i know people that have taken bees and like fermented off of no, them. leave the bees you, alone. You exactly I mean, yeah leave the bees the bees are fine <laughs> we need the are bees about, the bees you, we yeah. are fine but you know you've yeah. got the ants where they they end up with the bulbous sort of honey, and and our our first uh, first nation people would would eat, eat them the yeah. ass of the ants as a nice yeah. little you know honey burst. I I, I haven't thought of it. Um, you probably could. I'm I'm just gonna say anywhere that there's sugar in the wild, there's also yeast. Mm. World of opportunity. It's a special sort of yeast coming out of an ant, really. Well, especially out of the arse of an ant, yeah. <laughs> uh, but look, we've it's 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 not almost nine thirty. We've we've taken up a lot of your Thursday night. Okay. Um, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much for uh, for joining yeah. us and and sharing. I I reckon we could. There's a lot more that we could talk about uh, with what you're doing, and uh, yeah, I, I I'm definitely going to be coming down and having a having a beer with you, and um, yeah, having yeah, a chat, yeah. And so, doing so more of a deep dive on all of it. Yeah, let, let let me know when you want to pop down. But really, like, thank you for the opportunity to talk about it on on your platform because. You know, it is something that we're not um, as attuned to is, is, is the whiskey drinkers of Australia and being able to describe how we do it. And if someone's interested in that process, then having your podcast for them to use as a resource for that is is, is really special. And, and like, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to Thank you. kind of kind of effuse about what what this what 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 went into the bottle, if you will. Um, so thank you. Well, 
no, look, the pleasure is all ours. So everybody jump on to wildflowerbeard.com, wildflowerbeard.com, and, of course, uh, check out the artwork from gemma-smith.com. Um, there's some really beautiful work on her website there. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Uh, you're a really big and house and you're really rich. You need you a can, really you, big You house. need that. You need a really big artwork. <laughs> yeah. I think I think this artwork could only work big. Like, go oh, big or go yeah. home. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it's, yeah, really quite quite striking. Um, so yeah, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week. Next right? week, yes. Are we here next week? Who have we got next week? Don't ask, I you know, wasn't that prepared this time. Useless, I can't remember. Someone, you're prolific, <laughs> that's amazing. Someone. We try, we try to do every week, um. Yeah talking to someone um you know what i can probably tell you who is in the calendar yeah but i don't know whether you've confirmed them or not so well you can tell them now and we can um it'll be a surprise <laughs> give, give them some sort of guilt yeah, yeah there we go okay so we, so so we we had lined up transportation whiskey um yes i'm, I'm he's too long. so um Yep, join us next week, Thursday, 8 o'clock. We will be uh, back here doing it all again. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. Thank you to our our newcomers who have obviously come just to hear you speak, uh, Topher, because we've never seen them before. (laughs) So you've obviously got a – you've got a following – which is uh, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, thank you all. Please like and subscribe, and we will see y'all next week. Hang around for our sponsors, please. Ta, bye bye. <laughs>